Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pitch, a Rocket League esports podcast. I got Drew with me today. Obviously, me, the host. We got Buttery Hotness. How you doing, man? Doing all right, man. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Ready to talk about some Rocket League. Crazy stuff ha- happening right now with the transfers, <laughs> post-major. It's crazy. Lots of stuff yeah. to get into. Um, so first off, I just want to kind of get people acquainted with what you do in Rocket League, things like that. So what do you do on YouTube? What's, what kind of content do you do um, on that side? So for my YouTube videos, I basically just make analysis videos. I talk about my opinions on teams. I try to talk about their play style, things that they're doing well, things that, things that they're doing poorly. And it started off, I was just going to do like a generic thing. Right. Just talk about a little bit, of, a little bit about some teams, a little bit about some players and like try to compile a bunch of teams in one video. But like now with uh, my most recent video on Team Envy, I really like doing deep dives into one team specifically because then I can talk about, talk way more about what's going on with that team and get more insight instead of just like surface level stuff about everybody. Yeah. So I like I'm going to do man. a little bit about I like that, man, because you're really... I know, I know, like, do you know who Lawler is on YouTube? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I like his stuff because it's, you know, every day it has a breakdown of the basics, but I like your stuff because you're pretty much the only guy on YouTube who does these really clean, really edited breakdowns. Like, I, I can think of a couple. There's a guy I know called Bel Air. He's done stuff before. Yeah, I know him. Um, and he's going to be on the podcast next week, actually. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so I like that sort of stuff because we don't have a bunch of that right now in Rocket League, and we're getting there. But right. I mean, people like you, you're pioneering the way there. So I think it's really yeah. cool. So it's actually funny how I got into it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, man. It's actually funny how I got into it because I was watching YouTube videos on Rocket League and I was, there's actually a YouTuber called Brett Coleman who covers the NFL. Yes. He does I all love these deep him. breakdowns. Bro, I love yeah. him. So I was like, man, I, I hope that somebody does this for Rocket League, which is how I came across Lawler. Because I was really? like, oh, he used to be a commentator. He, he probably does some really deep dives like that. And I mean, he does talk about a lot about the teams, but he doesn't really right. go into the strategy and stuff like that. So I kept looking around, didn't find anybody. So I was like, you know what? Let me try to do it myself. See how it turns out. Man. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, been working, working out so far. So a little bit. Would there be any world in the future, like if you could, where this would be more of a, maybe not full time, or maybe full time? Like, is that something that you thought about, or do you yeah. just kind of leaving that out, or? Yeah, I mean, like the more Rocket League, the better. Even especially when I got this taste working with Pioneers over oh, the Winter awesome. Major. I love that. Like that was, yeah, that was like a great experience. Just being able to learn more on that side and like yeah. learn, learn more about the workings. Because even learning more about the business side of how esports works, and I just got more insight in that aspect of it. And yeah, I would like the more time I could spend on this would be the best. Because right, right now I'm dropping a video like once every other week, maybe. Right. So just being able to have the time to dedicate to more videos would always be a good deal. Yeah. And coaching too is also really? pretty fun. Coaching. I, I don't really. I don't really want to call it coaching what I was doing. It was really just more of like strategizing more or less. Yeah, right, 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 right. That's still cool though. I, I thought that was an interesting role because I hadn't heard that before. And I think the mm. Pioneers are some, are doing some really interesting stuff. I'm a Pioneers guy. I'm from the Kansas City area. So I'm big. Oh, cool. I'm a big Pioneers guy. I love what they're doing. Uh, not just, you know, with, with the, uh, you know, the, you know, the professor, you know, uh, sports psychologist, um, also mm-hmm. for a while they had that kind of prodigy that they signed that didn't pan out, but I love the stuff that they're doing because they're doing stuff yeah. that other teams are not doing. They're trying stuff. And I really think that's cool because you kind of have to throw darts a little bit to find what works for a team in Rocket League. Cause this is so different from yeah. like any esport. you know what I mean? So you just have to see what exactly. works. 
Um, right, so especially because the doing. sport is so young too. Oh yeah, right. Because like we we have an idea of what works now, but we don't know what could work best in the future. Right, and they're always trying to be in, out in front of yeah. those like, of the next big thing. So yeah, they're great at work. Love them. Yeah. Love them to death. Yeah, I love them too. I, do, I just, do you have one, do you have their new jerseys or did they cop you one or do you? Have... I, I didn't. I did not get a jersey, bro. They're sweet. <laughs> you got to cop one sometime. Um, yeah, I love them. They're super soft. Um, so I wanted to ask you just a bit more about that like a deep dive mm-hmm. into what you did for the pioneers during the major. I, I, I gather that they just had you for the major or is it still ongoing? The strategy thing. Just for the major. Okay. Okay. So do you want to tell me kind of what they had you do for those who don't really understand or didn't see kind of what they signed you up for uh, in LA? Yeah. So basically it was the exact same thing that I do for my videos, right? I would yeah. look at one team and in this case, actually the format really was conducive to what I was trying to do because we knew who we were playing, right? Like yep. if you're going to Swiss or you're going to like a double E bracket, you don't know who your next opponent's going to be. So you can't really game plan ahead like that. But in the group stage, we knew exactly who we were going for. I had game plan for uh, Dignitas Space Station and Sandrock, which, you know, one of those didn't work out. Dang. But for the other, yeah. That's kind of so nice, though. Kind of nice, though, to be honest. You, you, <laughs> you, so did you, did you analyze, uh, like, did you analyze SRG before you knew that they were out or did you not even have to yeah. look at them? So actually, it's funny, like I was evolving as the news came out because right. <laughs> at first I heard that Ahmad wasn't going to be there. Well, actually, no, at first I thought that uh, Khaled wasn't going to be there. Yep. So I just went back to the fall major yep. and I was looking at games from there. I was like, what is Senzo doing? Blah, blah, blah. Then I heard that Ahmad wasn't going to be the one there. So I was like, wow, OK, Crazy. well, I don't even know how to how the combination of Khaled. Well, I mean, I had an idea of how TRK, uh, Senzo and Khaled would work out. So I started playing around that. And right. then all of a sudden it was just nothing. So I was like, OK, um, well, cool. We're going to go ahead and drop it. But yeah. it's actually really funny, and I'm, I was, I mean, like, you know, of course, if you don't need to play Sandrock, you're happy, but I was yeah. especially happy, because the hardest, like, the one thing I really wanted to do is I wanted to see, like, where those teams struggled, right? I wanted right. to look at Dignitas, where they struggled, to look at Space Station, where they struggled, and look at Sandrock, and where they struggled. But the thing is, in their region, they're better than everybody, so yeah. they never struggled. <laughs> right. So no one's good enough to point out a weakness, and then even if you go back to the Fall Major, you have Senzo instead of Khaled, and they're playing a completely different style. Especially right. TRK. Like, he was just, he basically filled in Khaled's role while Senzo moved into that midfield more often. So, like, game planning around that is useless because they're they're not that team. Yeah. So, I was like, because I, I had a meeting with the players for each of the teams. And I was like, for the Sandrock one, I was like, all right, boys, look, I'm going to be real with you. I have some ideas, but, you know, nothing is set in stone for these guys. So, we're just going to go ahead and try to figure it out together. Right. That's awesome, man. So, I'd love to. I was thinking about this uh, a little bit during the major. So, so mm-hmm. were you like? I know they had a team house. Were you in the team house, or were you doing it from like your own place, or how did that work out? How did they have you yeah. work there? I was doing everything from home. I live in Michigan, so right. everything. At first, I was doing it while they're in Australia, so okay. all my calls would be like at like midnight my time. Right, just stand up and talking to them for a little bit. Like the first couple times I talked to the team, met the manager, met. A bunch of people organization that was all super late at night right but then when i moved to la pretty much everything i did was through discord okay for some so, reason i thought i thought i thought you were at la i thought you were at the major did you not get to go at all i did go to the major but okay. i went as like a fan like i, I paid my own ticket i was in the okay. stand, so so did you get to see anything like of how they practice or their routine at all or like how much of that did yeah. you see from your standpoint i guess i saw a pretty good bit of it i mean you know being thousands of miles away from the team right. you can't it's not the same it's, yeah but like you know i still i was like aware of who they're screaming they would send me some of the replay files of their scrims and i'll take a look at those and 
give some ideas about that. But as far as like the day to day, you know, wake up, do this, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't really involved in that process at all. But right. still, I, I still got like a glimpse of like how the team works and how they did things. And they were really, it was a, it was a pretty good system for them. It was really efficient. That's awesome. Was <laughs> it's it cool to be part of it? Was, I know, like you said that it would have been cool to kind of be able to strategize against Sandrock and everything. But was it kind of nice to know that the team you were, you know, helping was going to get an automatic buy into the playoffs? Like, an, oh, an yeah. Automatic yeah, no, spot? Was, I love that as yeah, a fan no, personally because there was so much yeah. less stress watching the groups for me. So, I mean, having a guaranteed extra life is always cool, right? Yeah. You know, of course, you still want to get the wins, of course, but like, you know, yeah, we'll, and, we'll take it, you know. And it, it was just cool to me to see, like, just for them to get that that practice, like, okay, we're in the playoffs. Like, it's a, it's a bit. I'm assuming it's a bit of a different feeling. I can't say that because I'm not in that position. So, I can only imagine at least a little bit. It's helpful to kind of be in that situation. You know, just get an automatic spot in there, so you know what it feels like at least a little bit. So, you know, hopefully next mm -hmm. time if you make into the top eight again, you know, you, you're a bit more comfortable with it, I'd hope. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for them was just the learning experience. You know, they never had the chance yeah. to play against international competition. So when they're in North America, just playing a bunch of ranks and getting as many scrims in as they could. So, yeah, yeah, they're definitely going to be a way better team because yeah. of Bro, I was really impressed with them. Um, Drew, I know, I knew you, I know you really liked them. What did you like about uh, kind of what they did this week? <clears throat> um... I liked, honestly, just the fact that they were such a young team and that they came in and... They're all 16. They didn't, <laughs> like, yeah, and they crazy. didn't play reserved, it seemed like. It seemed like they played like they felt like they were Long, supposed yeah. to be there, especially in the series against BDS. Like, I only got to listen to it, but I went back and watched it afterwards, and I was... They took him to five! <laughs> I know, I was really impressed. They almost reverse sweep, yeah. And so... <laughs> Playing them that way, the way they did with confidence, I think is what made them do so good and what impressed me so much. Yeah, right. that was actually one of the biggest things that I emphasized to the team because I also did like a scouting report against them. And I was like, if I wanted to beat Pioneers, what would I do? Blah, blah, right. blah. And I, I was telling them that they're all like a really, really fast team. Like OCE as a region, they're fast, mostly because the teams at the top, they're way better than the teams at the bottom. So right, they just outspeed right. everybody to the ball. Yep. And like they just get into that habit. But like even compared to the rest of the fast teams in OCE, Pioneers are still like a cut above. Like yeah. I think all three players were like top five in average speed. And even at the land, they were still like really high up in average speed. Like they move around constantly. Right. So I, all the strategy I came up with, I like wanted to incorporate that for sure. Yeah. Like make sure that they're not like staying in one spot. Like, right. You know. Right. So I know in your videos you use it a lot. So I'm assuming you also use it quite a bit. Um, when you were strategizing how much do you use octane gg because i love the new like designed website it is awesome like speak to me bro, about that a little bit bro let me tell you something if i if octane gg wasn't a thing i would not be making these videos bro you couldn't like, you <laughs> couldn't like, i need to go into ball chasing and like pull out game by game stuff and it would take way longer man octane.gg is the best website on the internet awesome. i need to i need to make i need to make myself a patreon honestly i keep on telling myself yeah you need to do you get benefits well, is it subscribe that? on Patreon? Like, is there a I don't know. I, if I don't there know is, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get it, though, if they do have it. <laughs> Even if they don't, I'm going to sub because they just do so much for the community. Yeah. And for me, especially, in enabling me to do what I do, yeah, they, they definitely deserve that. So now that it's on record, that can serve as another reminder yeah. to actually do it. I've been I, saying this for, like, weeks now. Yeah, and I love it a lot because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a football guy. And when I was first getting into mm -hmm. football, 
it was helpful to me to like compare numbers because numbers aren't everything. I'm sure you know that, but just to get, just to get a, a baseline of who's good, who's bad, who performed this land, kind of, you know, a rough estimate. The numbers are really good. Like, especially if you didn't watch the event, you know what I mean? If you didn't Mm -hmm. watch in a regional, you can look and say, Oh, he scored this many goals. So the shooting percentage was this much. It does so much. I think even for the casual fan, not just someone like you who is really hardcore. I think it does a lot for both. Uh, fans which i think is really good because you need both you need the casuals and the hardcore fans so yeah exactly i think it's yeah cool. my favorite thing about going on to stats like that is uh like it's all part of my process i always when i first watch a, or when i first watch a matchup i make as many assumptions as possible right or wrong i'm just like i think this happened i think that happened and then right. i go into the stats and then i see like um i see like where was where was i right where was i wrong why was i wrong about stuff right. my favorite example is always nolly because back with back when uh in season x he was like the main goal scorer. He did a lot of work with the ball. And I was like, oh, he's really aggressive. He's on the ball all the time. Looked at the stats. Complete opposite was true. Farthest from the ball. Spent no time in the offensive half. It was, yeah, it was like just seeing stuff like that was fun. And then you go into the you go into the replay and you're like, okay, why does it seem like he's so aggressive? But like in actuality, he's not really all that offensive. Right. So, yeah, stuff like that is awesome. I know it, it is crazy stuff. I remember uh, when me and Drew were, I mean, we're I, I will speak for me. I'm not like you. I'm not as good at analyzing film. Um, and I don't put it as succinctly as you do. But I wanted to just for our podcast, you know, to take a look at the teams going to the fall major because we hadn't seen those teams for two years or so on an international right. level. So I just wanted to get a baseline of how they might play. And we were so far from the truth, Drew. It was insane. <laughs> that humbled me so much looking at what I thought they would do before the fall major and what happened at the fall major. It's it's kind of funny, humbling, and it helps you realize how little I know about it, and it kind of helps me want to learn more. You know what I mean? Because there's so yeah. much to... You look at Rocket League, and it looks like a simple sport. And in some ways, it is. It's not, you know, 11-on-11 11 right. 11 football, but there is more depth to it than meets the eye. So I think it's interesting to to get stumped by things and have to kind of figure out the puzzle a little bit. Right. I think one big problem that we have in the community is that whenever people give takes, they're scared to be wrong, right? right. Like, they always have an opinion, and then they're like, they, but they don't want to voice their opinion because it might be unpopular, and then they get right. they get pooped on by Reddit. Like, let me tell you something, man. Oh my goodness! I remember the first podcast I was on. I made that top thirty player list. Yeah, and it was right after season X, right after Vitality won the championships, and we made top thirty players in the world. And none of us, well, a couple of us did, but I didn't include Fairy Peak or Kata mm-hmm. because I did not think they were that you good. Crapped on. Oh my goodness! It was insane. <laughs> like I was getting ratioed by every single comment. Oh no. It was the, like I try, I, I did this long paragraph trying to describe it, and I was like, "Yeah, but I don't even remember what my reasoning was." I I gave like four paragraphs. Bro, Reddit, long paragraphs. you can't you can't give that much to Reddit, my guy. Right. And then they're like, "They won the championship. You're wrong." But like, you know, I'm I'm never happy about a team's failures, but you know, I felt I felt kind of vindicated. During yeah, this I bet you did. I bet that made you feel pretty good Man. about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just like always, be willing to learn. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Yeah. You know, just have have your opinion, have your evidence, and go for your. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, and something I kind of want to apply going forward, kind of like you said, kind of making assumptions and then kind of making sure they're right or wrong rather than just assuming. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, who was the favorite person you met in LA? You said that you went as a fan. <laughs> How I, I, I mean, just, I, I didn't get to go, but just from the broadcast view on Twitch, like there was Athena walking around, there was Rizzo, like there was just yeah. everybody walking around. Do you have a favorite person you met or got to meet? Um, a couple. So I flew into the event on Thursday night, that Thursday night. 
And I was going to meet up with the team to talk about BDS and do some strategy. And they said, meet us up at the hotel. And when I got there, there was a bunch of people down in the lobby. Right. Like Johnny Boy was down there. Rodis was down there. A bunch of people. I got to meet, like, not everybody, but I met a lot of people that night. So that was really the night that I got the most talking done. But I think the two people that I liked the most, or not that I liked the most, but I enjoyed talking to the most was one Rodis. Talked yeah. to him for, like, 10 minutes. He seems like a he chill was, dude. He seems like a chill oh, dude. Oh, man. It was so cool. Because it was funny. Like, it was, I think he was, like, the first or second person I talked to. And then I walked up. I was like, hey, what's up? My name's Buttery. No. Now I was like, I'll try to make some jokes. I was like, oh, it's so weird to introduce yourself as Buttery. And he was like, no, bro, you got to stick with it. That name is Elite. Like, people remember that name. And you just spent like the next five minutes hyping me now. up. It's your brand now. It's your brand Yeah, no, now. literally. I, mean, yeah. I got a logo made and everything. So, you know, I kind of got to roll with it. Yeah. But yeah, he was really cool. I talked to him for like 15 minutes at least. And then the other person I really liked talking to was actually Nick, the coach from Team Queso. Oh, right. It, I ran into him, I ran into him in, like completely by coincidence because yeah. – I stopped, I stopped by the hotel one last time after the event on Sunday and everyone was walking around again. And then Nick was there and I'd never, I'd never seen him in person before the event. I'd never seen his face, but after seeing him up on stage, I recognized him. So I walked up to him and I was like, right. Oh, Nick. And then we just talked for like 30 minutes. Like they had food vouchers and he gave me one. We That's sat there sweet. ate and talked. Yeah. Now Nick was a really, really cool dude. He just, like he pretty much talked. I just asked him questions about coaching and like different styles and stuff. Because yeah. he knew that I was working with Pioneers. So I was like, so how do you work with Queso and stuff? And just giving me insight and giving me knowledge and giving me what he could. And he's just been looking out for me in general a lot. So yeah, awesome. Nick is an awesome dude. And I'm really excited to see where he goes next because wherever he goes, he's going to land on his feet. I he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about that at all. That is something I want to discuss and we'll discuss it later. But with him getting dropped, I think he said something about Queso getting bought out. So that'll be <laughs> kind of interesting to talk about in a bit. But yeah, that's, yeah. Re- that's really awesome. Um, did you get to meet... Did you get to meet Bates at all, T Bates? I did not get to meet oh, Bates. Man. Oh man, I was going to ask you about that if you did. Man. Yeah, I did not get a chance to meet Bates. Never wrong. My Maybe God. next time. He's the content game just from this major alone with Bates being there. So yeah. good. Like he does so much good stuff for the like this whole major. I think. I mean, you probably didn't get to see the broadcast a ton, other than then you know the the group stages, but. You could see even a big difference from the fall to the winter, and I it just mm-hmm. it's awesome. I think it just makes me excited for where it's going. Yeah, having the fans there is just ups the game so much more. How was that? How was the like the whole like? Oh my god! In person, is it? Well, actually, sorry. Let me start over. Is this your first land, or have you been to other RLCS? Oh, this is my first RLCS land, but I did go to E League. Okay. In Atlanta, okay. which was it was cool. It was the food. The food there was free. It definitely was not free. Oh, I've heard. I've heard it was bad here. I heard it was bad. You had to bring your whole wallet and then some here. Yeah, no, you had to to bring like an extra arm and leg if you were going to eat. Otherwise, you know, it's water. (laughs) But yeah, uh, um, it was and actually I was supposed to go to season nine in Dallas. Okay. I I was going to go too. I was going to go to season nine in Dallas because we're right there. So bought my ticket and everything. They canceled it. So I've been waiting for my chance. I said, I don't care where the next thing is going to be. If fans are there, I'm there. Yeah. And luckily it was in America. So, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a great experience. The crowd was absolutely hype. I lost my voice. And I could Everybody lost like their voice the whole day. Right now. Oh, Everybody man. did. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. pretty awesome. So, yeah. How was, what was the venue like? Because I know it was in the Rams State or like adjacent to the mm-hmm. Rams Stadium. Like, it, that's just newly built, isn't it? Like, how was that? Yeah. How was the whole the whole it was place. awesome. Like being able, like when you walk up to the stadium, it looks massive. 
like absolutely huge. You so see the it from stadium really far or away. the YouTube theater? Which one? The, sta- the YouTube theater is attached to the stadium. Okay, like so it's actually directly complex. attached. I didn't know if it. Okay, all right. I didn't mm-hmm, know how directly attached. Yeah, so like walking away from it or walking towards it is just huge, and it's and there's a big giant plaza between the stadium and the YouTube theater, which is where they did the first take podcast. That's where the food t- trucks were. All the teams. I did see teams, that in the background. I did see the food trucks there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's those are the ones that were charging exorbitant amounts. But, yeah. And then we you also had the team tents that were out there. NRG had their tent. Justin was out there for a little bit. Garrett was out there. So was it mostly so, the content creators at the tents, or like how was that? Mm-hmm. How'd that work? Yeah, out? mostly mostly the content creators. Like some <laughs> for some of them it was just autographs and then move on. Others right. of the tents you could do one v one. I think didn't they didn't have one v ones. Yeah. So yeah. I heard I don't know if that's true, but I think I heard. Um, I think Jack went out there to the dig one. Mm-hmm. I think if yeah. I remember, Jack was actually walking around like a lot. Yeah. I never talked to him, but he, I saw him a few times just walking around talking to people. I'd love to pick his so. brain because he's, I mean, out of all the players, I think of like Garrett and Jack as like the most succinct, like great, like they really explain yeah. things well and they have that voice for, you know, doing like they I think they're the ones that exude the most professionalism in the scene. For, for sure. sure. For sure. And that's, I, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I do too. I think that's, and I think it's important to have that. I hope we get more of that. I think with the young age and everything. Yeah. I've talked to Drew about this. Drew, you don't mind as much though, right? About the age stuff. Like the, cause I've, I've in the past thought about maybe bumping it up to 17 or something like that. 17, maybe the age requirement. I can see both sides to it. I don't remember what your take was, Drew, on that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. I see the benefit in having it younger and i also see the benefit in having it older because i think some other esports have it older but i also know I, yeah others have it younger like rocket league is so yeah mm-hmm. i don't really care how do you feel about yeah. it with that i think 15 i mean the most important thing at the end of the day is making sure that the quality of the product is at the highest level possible right. so letting the 15 year olds play like they're some of the best players in the world like can you imagine daniel not being able to play for another oh, three I, years no i see that I do see that. So, I mean, like, sure, you might get some immaturity in the scene, but you're going to get that regardless. Because at the end of the day, there's still going to be eight-year-olds. And also, that's one thing I was talking to Nick about, because I, I asked him, your team's really young. How do you deal with the immaturity? And he said, they're just, they're not immature. They're just really, really good kids. And they all have their head that's on straight. Awesome. And they, they're professional. They have good work ethic. So, like, I mean, the age does matter a bit. But at the end of the day, it's really just a matter of who you're. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think I, I I think Garrett's been pretty mature since he's been in the league, pretty exactly. much. And then there's players, you know, who are even older, who aren't. Yeah, like Jack. But, I think Jack isn't even eighteen yet, is he? No, I think he's like seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Yeah. But see, I see both points to it, because um, age doesn't necessarily dictate professionalism. I, I know you mentioned earlier you want the quality of the sport, the image of it, to the be the best it could. But I also sometimes think if you bump that age up a little bit, I I just feel like maybe the personalities might be a bit more um, colorful. I that sounds mean. That sounds really mean. No, I I like I like all the players here. But you know what I mean? Just like getting older. Yeah, no, just, I know what you're saying. So I can see both sides. Is basically what I'm saying. I go back and forth a little bit. But I do agree yeah. with you. I would not want to do it at the detriment of the quality of play. That is not something I'd want to do. Have you ever dreamt of becoming a game or web developer? Imagine being hired by your favorite game studio. With Treehouse, you can. 
Treehouse has one of the best and most affordable online classrooms for anyone looking to take their passions to the next level. At Treehouse, they've rethought the learning process and built a proven system to get you the skills and the knowledge you need to achieve your goals. When you're done with the course, you haven't just watched a video. You've learned, practiced, and absorbed a concept. Build a portfolio, create a network, and land your dream job with their bootcamp-style tech degree program. Land a dev job this year, or whatever your goal, they can get you there. Start your seven-day free trial today, link in the show notes. Thank you to Treehouse for sponsoring this episode. Um, yeah. But I've thrown it around a few times to True, and I, I wanted to bounce it off someone <laughs> someone new um, just to get right. their their take on it. Um, so, Queso, so Nick Nick thinks that they're really mature, and you can kind of see that by how they play. Um, mm-hmm. that's yeah, I mean, he just spoke really highly of all the players when we were talking about them. That's awesome. And they're... How are they like fifteen and sixteen as well? Or no, yeah, I don't think any. Of, I don't think any of them's older than sixteen. That's crazy. And to, uh, they got Ryan's second. actually might be seventeen, but but and to get second place and that lower bracket run they made. Yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Going through phase, going through beating G two one of the series. Right. Just yeah, they they balled out. Crazy stuff. All right. Um. Well, I appreciate you kind of giving us insight on on what yeah. you did for the pioneers and stuff like that. But now I thought what we do is. Do we all have our top five players? We all got it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to. I that. mean, I'm I'm still going back and forth, but you know, bro. I know. Oh yeah. Don't. Oh yeah. Don't hold me to these. Is all I'm saying, and like, so just <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um. So what I thought we might do is, so at least on my screen, it's uh, Drew left, you middle, me right. So we'll go kind of left to right. So Drew, I'll start with you. You're number five, then you better, and then me, and we'll just keep doing that. And and you can explain mm-hmm. however much you want, like the positioning and stuff like that. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, I'll keep it short. Yeah, I'm with Buttery on this one. I have been thinking about this for a really long time, and I just, I finally just did it and put a top five together because there's so many good players. But anyways, my number five is Beast Mode. Yeah, I was really impressed with the way Beast Mode played. Uh, First land, a lot of players had their first land this time in front of a crowd, but... Beast mode kind of proved himself to be like a land player. He's a land boy I mean, he's, now. Yeah, he's really good anyways with his mechanics, but there was one play in the... Who was it that they played? I think it was the last series they played. It must have been against FaZe. Yeah, so there was one that he came off the ceiling like from the other side of the field and got a pass to the midfield. So just really impressed with how he played. So yeah, my number five. And just before I kind of let you go better sorry um i was really impressed too with beast mode because when i saw him on kcp i loved him and i didn't know if it was his fault but there was some of that inconsistency there like when there was high pressure high pressure situations so i was really impressed with how well he did considering it was his first land but i'll stop at that um, my number five i'll say monkey moon monkey Just okay. he, yeah he was still i know bds didn't have the event that everyone expected but I'm gonna I actually talk about them on my next video, which should be out tomorrow. Awesome. I'll make sure we'll to see. watch that. Yeah, no, I'll talk about them. And uh Monkey Moon did work. He did everything on offense and defense. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too much, which I'll talk about in the video, but he did. He did everything and he did everything well. Seventh in goals, first in assists, seventh in shots, or seventh in saves. Just all around the field, a menace. So yeah, Monkey Moon. 
Yeah, so my number five, I think you guys are going to be a bit surprised by it, but I think it's not just the stats. I think it's also just what he gave to the team. I'm putting Calm there. I would I did not expect Calm to do what he did. Um, he was number one in shooting percentage, which I thought was surprising, uh, which is kind of the leading factor of why I put him at five. And the energy he brought to the whole team, I did not yeah. <laughs> I did not think he was going to be a screamer, like a CSGO player type, but he, he did. He went all Call of Duty League on everybody. No. I loved it. I remember, I remember when Joyo messed up in the version one series, just like completely whipped the ball to allow an easy goal. This dude, Tom, <laughs> stared at Joyo, stuck his hand out, and just started laughing. I saw, like, I remember that, bro. I saw that. <laughs> that is funny. That's one of the funniest things I've bro, ever seen so on the Rocket funny. League stage. Oh, and you can hear him like it, uh, when they were on the B stream, you could hear them screaming, even on the main stream. You could just hear noise every now and then. It was right. pretty funny. All right, Drew, give me your four. My number four is Chicago. I feel like I don't want to say he was like overlooked because of Atomic and JNAPS because all of them played very well, but Chicago brought a lot to the team uh, for G2. So, yeah, he's my number four. All right, Buttery, your four. Beast Mode is number four for me. Nice. I like that. If he played the way that he did in the group stage for the, in, for the entire tournament, because in the group stage, he looked like the best player in the world, bar none. Yeah. Like, just on a different level. In the in the bracket stage, he was still great. Like, he still looked like a top five player. But if he played the way that he did in the group stage for the entire event, number one, for what sure. Do, what do you think he stopped doing in the bracket, in the playoffs? Did, do you have anything specific, or did you just see him kind of drop off overall? Uh, I mean, it's not... I don't know. It's just like... Like, in the... um. In the group stage, he was just making crazy plays mm. all the time. Yeah. Like the one that hit the post and then jumped off and Dude, got that was insane. right from the goal. Like if he was hitting stuff like that all the time, like he was still always he, like he was he was consistent the entire time, never messed up. But just in the group stage, he was doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I would be interested to see if on his second land, if he kind of takes it to the you know last two days. Uh, when there's more pressure yeah i think i don't think there's any reason to doubt that um okay my number four my number four is monkey moon honestly i mean he's just kind of a shoe into every top five i think for the most part but i liked it because he was number one in goal participation and he's kind of the anchor for that team we see as we'll discuss mark possibly leaving and extra is really good but i think he's just the anchor for that team i think he's the one piece that you cannot get rid of who's pretty much always he can do anything. Like I, I can't think he's not like a Justin where he pops off on offense all the time, but he's just amazing at everything. Um, so I, I put him at number four. Sure. Yeah. My number three is first killer. They didn't really go as far as I thought they would. Hold but, on a well, minute. <laughs> my guy, my guy, Drew, you don't know this, but my Drew has been dogging on phase all season long. So this is shocking to me. This is really shocking. They kind of deserve it. Oh, no, I'm not even denying that. But this (laughs) shocks me that he was the one who put him at four. Okay, Drew, go ahead. He's my number three, actually. But my number three, yeah, first killer. Just his ability to score from, like, any angle. Just there are so many times that I was like, there's no way he's scoring this or even putting a shot on, and he did. And just his presence on the team and just, yeah. I don't know. There's just all these players are so good. It's, it's really so hard, hard to pinpoint <laughs> what really it hard. is that they do so well. But just yeah, he's my number three. 
All right. Battery, your three. Number three for me is Rise. He is yeah. my number three player. Not number one. I don't know. A lot of because that's actually one thing that I really I'm gonna talk more about it with uh when I talk about another player on my list. All right, go ahead. Guess go but yeah, but Rise, he was he was really good, like still the third best player in the land. Absolutely insane shooting, placing everything top corner, getting the timely bumps, doing doing like everything he had to do and right. like never messing up. But at the same time, a lot of what he did was following up on what teammates did. Yeah. Like even the clutch save that he had against Space Station, oh. everyone's like everybody's giving him the credit for that, right? And he deserves it. And got the save before it went in. But Vatira was the one that was getting chased down by Reddles while Arsenal was dribbling right at him. And he had to make a crazy 50-50 in front of the goal, avoiding the bump. And then Rise comes through and cleans it up. And then everyone's just like, oh, Rise, what a save. Like, no. Like, you have to give Vatira that love. Like, sure, Rise made the play, but, like, Vatira was the one that enabled the play. Like, so, it was just a lot of stuff like that. Buttery, that's why we need people like you. This is this is like NFL. People always see just the the camera view on the box score, but this is why we need people who look at the whole play. So, good stuff. Um, my number three is Atomic. I was really impressed with Atomic before the roster trade happened. I was a bit worried. I thought it might have been a bit uh, premature. I thought Drees was playing well, but I don't think they win with Drees. I don't like. I think he was really good, but absolutely, not. I don't think their peak is is as high as it is with Atomic. Um, I think he's a genuine difference maker, and he proved me wrong. And he's pretty much top five, top ten in every category on, on Octane, which is really insane, really consistent. Love that a lot. So he's my number three. Does it all. My number two, honestly, I could have slotted anyone on this team in this spot because they all played so well, but it was Joyo. I just really liked the way he played his... Setting up his teammates, you mentioned it a little bit, Buttery, how uh, Rice was finishing a lot of the stuff. And it wasn't always Joyo, but it was Joyo a good portion of the time. Setting up plays, making plays to get uh, a good position, making saves, clears, everything. So, my number two. Fair enough. Buttery. My number two is also Joyo. Nice. Nice. Let's go. (laughs) Pretty much for the same reason. He was, uh, everything that they did on offense, he did... Like he was the one that was driving the force, the driving force behind it. Yeah. And I saw like where there was a little bit of an argument going on on Reddit, where everyone uh, was saying, "Oh, but is. he was, yeah, is. you know." And you know, I'm kind of scared of him after the vitality experience, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's whatever now. But one like some people were saying, "Oh yeah, but uh, Joyo was choking in a lot of the series, and he had one bad series, which like you know, to be fair, the version one series he did play very poorly, and he is the reason." Oh, I mean. You can you can never say one player is the reason why they lost, yeah. but he definitely didn't help. But for the rest of the entire tournament, he was the one that was leading Queso to victory. Like, and the, another thing that somebody said was that Rise was scoring the clutch zero second goal. But for both of those goals, the first one, well, I don't know which, I don't know what the order was exactly, but the one that he had against Faze, it was Joya who went up the sidewall and got a ridiculous musty flick off the back wall, leaving the defense helpless, and then Rise just slots it in because he's sitting there. And, like, you know, good shot, Rise. You know, <laughs> congratulations. But, like, Joy was the one that made that play. And then a, another one against, um, ah, who was it against? I forgot who it was against. There was another zero second goal. Do you remember who the other second goal was? I don't remember. I know what against? you're talking about because there were plenty from Team Queso, but I don't remember who it yeah. was. But Rise got the goal on that one. And Joyo air dribbled over the first guy and completely beat him. Like, from close range to a close range air dribble, just went straight up like a McDonald's arc, landed <laughs> on the back wall. Then the goalie's sitting there waiting for the ball to come down. And then Joyo pops it out again 
so that the goalie can't even reach it, and then Ryan's sitting right there and finishes it off. And, you know, again, good job, Ryan. Great shot. But, like, come on. Joel's the one making these plays. And it was like that for the entire event. Can't, so, I, right, I, I'm going to stop. No, 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 no. I like <laughs> Get that. Get off my <laughs> No, I want to I wanna hear that. Uh, we might hear it on Reddit later, though, but we'll see. We'll see what people yeah. think. <laughs> they, they have to have their fun, Reddit does. I'm going to tell you what. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So... We're on two, right? <laughs> yeah, we're on two. Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I was just enthralled by the whole conversation. I'm just screwed up now. Um, <laughs> my my number two is beast mode. Um, there might be a bit of bias because I did not expect him in the first place to play as well as he did. Uh, he was number one on his octane rating, second goal in goal participation at eighty percent, top ten most categories. Um, he's a certified land boy, I think, at this point. Like I said earlier, I think he's really impressed me and he might have deserved to be a bit lower on the list. I think there were some others that played better, but I think, I think partially cause he's a KCP guy, you know, originally I think maybe I have a bit of bias to him, but I was really impressed by him. Really proud of his performance because that's no joke when you're 16 years old and you're on a stage like that. Like I can't imagine that at 20. So crazy exactly. stuff. Uh, so he's my number two. All right. My number one, I thought, Long and hard about my number one, and it always came back to one person. That's Daniel. Daniel, really? No off, shot. Yeah. You did number one. There's no yep. shot, Drew. Yep, it was Daniel because Daniel he started off the land. Let's all be honest here. Props Daniel here, started here. off. <laughs> I always have the hot takes. I always props have the crazy here. hot takes. Uh, but he started off the land really, really good. shaky. I mean, it was bad <laughs> that first yeah. day. Arsenal brought him back that first day. But after that, man, I just, every time he had the ball, he just made plays just constantly. It was insane. I, I loved his performance. And for being as young of a player, and he's a rookie in Rocket League RLCS, he looks like as he's it 10. is, he still looks like he's ten. I swear, <laughs> he looks so Bro, young. On the stage, he was so small. Bro, I, I saw know. him person. Oh. He looked so so small. It was crazy. I did not expect that. He really looked like he was twelve. Yeah, my guy, like, for sure. <laughs> he was so small that Reddles. I think it was after the version one he series picked him went up. up and picked him up and like swung him around. <laughs> that was the photo of the entire event. I still swear by that. I love that photo. <laughs> All right, Butter, you're, you're number one. Give it. My give number it to one. Us. It's got to be Atomic. I mean, like, there's. He's That's just how we do. Let me get my one. G2 jersey out of the closet real quick. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy Atomic, he was just a completely different beast. And I talked about it a bit when the move first happened, but the biggest thing that he brought to them was offensive versatility. Mm. Because everybody knows G2's play style just run down, take a shot, boost steal, take another shot, and eventually the defense wears down. But, and then Atomic can slide into that, and he does a lot of the time, right. but he can also take the ball and find the one right spot to get a goal immediately. So now that G2 has the option to go to the net immediately or to slow it down and pick the defense apart, they're unstoppable. Crazy. They're like, they're like actually unstoppable on offense and it's atomic. is just huge. He, I, I want your opinion on this. All of you actually, before I go to my number one, so, uh, atomic fits even better on G2 than he, than he did on envy. And I thought he played super well on envy. Your thoughts, Drew, starting with you. What do you think about that? Um, no? Yeah, I think I think he does. I I didn't he know just how well it was with his play work. style. Yeah, I didn't know how well it was going to work because I thought of him more as a defensive player on envy and not an offensive player. But looking at my top five 
players. I don't know why I didn't put him on here. I agree with Butter. He does. He makes this team pretty much as good as they are with giving them the ability to do the things that they are able to do. Yeah. What do you um, think? As far as fitting better on G2 than he does on Envy, I don't think really that's... I think the main thing is that teams warp around Atomic's play style. Because he... Like, you always... Because it's like... It's kind of like the first killer effect. He does so much. Yeah. And he, ha- he has the ball so often, so, like, you pretty much fall, fall into what Atomic does. And, I like, G2 still mean. goes fast because when Chicago has the ball, they're running, and the topic, Atomic can keep up. But a lot of the time, Atomic, unless there's, like, a wide-open space, not even wide-open, if there's, like, a sliver you can exploit, he's going to go for it immediately. But this really just... And especially this was the case for Envy because they did a lot of counters. They did a lot of counterattacking, and it worked so well because Atomic was the one that they could give the ball to after defending for so long. They're like, all right, Atomic has the ball. We're good now. So it's really... Like he fits anywhere because wherever he goes, he's gonna be the playstyle like first killer, which is actually I remember when first killer first went to ghost, like for those two weeks. Right. What I heard is that I mean I have no replays or anything to back this up, but I heard that they just were too similar and that they didn't work together. Really? Because like yeah, because the teams both warp around those players. Yeah. So if you like have two black holes going next to each other, you know, I'm not a physicist. I don't know what I don't know what happens when that happens, but you know, it's probably not good. Not so, great. you know, just give them each their own little galaxy to revolve around them and they'll I be all right that. that's a great <laughs> analogy buttery i'm gonna have to use that sometime in some sort of situation that's amazing um okay i'll i'm the last one right i'm number one yeah mm-hmm. I, I keep getting enthralled with these analogies it's crazy <laughs> um my number one is rise and to be honest not super confident in this one after what you said about joyo <laughs> so i get it i completely understand putting rise number one i no, understand for sure i i liked him um I I did not expect him in any world to be this flashy and this... I mean, when he was on regionals, at least for me personally, I didn't see... Like, he wasn't the guy who stuck out to me. And I mean, I think all mm-hmm. of them stuck out this major, but I thought it was crazy. Not just how he played, but I don't know. Um, I think he, he kind of played a slightly different role than he did in regionals. I don't know if that's wrong or right, but that's just kind of what I saw from the broadcast view. Um, he was first in goals, and right behind him was Vitira, funny enough. So it was um, pretty crazy. Their goal scoring third in octane rating and first in shots. So um, I was really impressed by him. Again, I think some of these players I'm bumping up a little bit just because I didn't expect them to play like they did. So maybe that's a bit of a flaw in my ranking, but I was really impressed by by rise and did not expect him to play like that so yeah honestly because for a lot of the season Vatir looked like their best player oh for sure he was a fl- he, like, was, he was a flashy guy you know what i mean he's the guy who you saw in yeah. highlight reels so and like Vatir for the entire event looked like their third best player coming in, in like for the entire event yep. you know not to say play bad you know he had a double flip reset so he was good but <laughs> the fact that joey and rise are doing so much and Vatir was the third like come on now i i love it when uh, Seiko and Vatira just like keep going for flip resets and waiting for one to go, that is my right. That's the funniest play style to me. I love it. It's probably not yeah. the most effective, but it works. Um, I mean, if you if they give you the space, you got to use. That's it. right. So. And and if your two other players are good, I mean, why not? Why not try? Exactly. And for those two players, it works out most of the time. So, right. all right, our top five. Normally, it's just me and Drew with this. So I was really interested to see and normally actually me and you drew are quite similar we were quite different this time mm-hmm. so we all had a bit of a different and i think there were a lot of honor and a lot of honorable mentions that we could have put on here i think joyo yeah. probably should have been on the five for me there's a I lot of first killer on there but 
I, no. I am shocked, Drew, that you put him at four or five. Where did you put him? Um, I put him at three. You put him at... I am shocked because yeah. Drew's been dogging on this team for a while. Um, I was actually pretty impressed by FaZe. They were, they were not playing well day one. They were kind of playing like how I thought they would, and they picked it back up a little bit. What do you think mm -hmm. kind of... What do you attribute that to, that kind of rise? Because a lot of times, especially with these young teams... If they start out bad and it keeps going mm -hmm. like that, it does not get better in the playoffs. I think, I mean, they just, they're in the hardest group, right? Like, phase. Like, they started off playing against version one and they played against uh, uh, Team Queso, who are like two of the best teams in the group. So, you know, it's going to be really hard to do well against those teams. But then in the groups and the bracket stage, I don't even remember, remember who they played lower round one. But I know that the next game was against BDS, which, you know, BDS, they were good, but, you know, they weren't the same BDS that mm. we expect them. Yeah. So that's the phase. That's when that phase, like, kind of should take. And, you know, I think it's just a level of competition. And then once they started getting those wins under their belt, they started getting more confident. They started looking better, so. How did you feel about uh, Detonator taking a game off of phase in groups? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I was. I was, I was I crying was laughing. It was awesome. Because after the video I made for Realize, I wanted him to be at every land. I was right. like, yeah, this guy, he's, well, he's I the know. real deal. I was upset that they weren't land because I really want, since there's just one team, you know, from these new regions that can make it, I want the team that is the best most of the time to make it so they can get that experience. You know what I mean? So right. I was a bit upset, but they kind of, I think they just went in with that have fun meta because they just kind of smiled even after they got scored yeah. on. So I, and I mean, like at that point you have to. No, right? seriously, like they know, like, I mean, they are human, they are competitors, but they know they're not going to like make it you know top eight like that's just that is exactly. totally unrealistic so just learn what you can and take it back home um exactly so i, I thought that was interesting and, and them taking game off of phase was awesome i love to see that yeah shout out to them shout out to all of apec Did you i try to, to stay up at, sorry go ahead uh, no, you're i was gonna say i try to stay up until like 2 a.m to watch their streams never pans out but i try i try i know i i've tried with um it's not quite as bad, but with OCE as well. So I, I've tried, but I'd normally just go watch the VODs for the Pioneers afterwards because <laughs> exactly. I can't can't stay up. Did you get to meet any of the APAC players like from Detonator or were they just kind of vibing? In the um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I talked. I, I didn't talk. I saw them at the event. Like I saw them off by themselves talking to each other. But, you know, I didn't I didn't say anything else. I was in the middle of something else at the time. Yeah. I don't. So, I, can, yeah. They, can they speak English? Like. I don't. They they I don't have to. Know. I I because I, I would love to talk to them about like APAC Rocket League because it's kind of you know a more minor niche thing that people don't talk yeah. about. But I don't know. So I'm pretty sure they teach English in school over there. Like we teach Spanish. So yeah. I mean, I'm sure they can do the hello, how are you, or whatever. Yeah, whatever stuff like that. Well, awesome. I appreciate you guys putting those lists together, and I think we can all agree that there's a lot that we probably could have put on there or could have discussed. A lot of players. <laughs> Um, the realist was the friends we made along the way. That's buttery. That is so true. Oh my gosh, this whole segment, I'm just <laughs> amazed. Um, all right, boys, it's time for some roster changes because uh, crap is going down right now. Uh, oh my god, Drew, you want to start with just okay? So, do you have the list? Because I do have the list. If you want me to go through, but if you have one in mind, go for it. Um, I do have the list and. I'm going to start off with the one that shocked me the most, and that was the 
BDS picking yes. up Batira. Whenever I saw that, I don't know if I missed it. Not picking up, you. just just real quick. Not picking up yet, but rumored, like very strongly. Oh rumored. yeah, it's rumored. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm so shocked because I can't think of BDS without Mark Bae. He's such a his hair. Whenever I think I mean, of. You're right. <laughs> you can't. How do you? How are you BDS without the hair? No, but <laughs> whenever I think of BDS, honestly, all of them are a big part of their playstyle. But Mark feels like he's a, such a big key to their playstyle. I just, it's so shocking to me that yes, they would sure. pursue someone else. But are you, yeah. did you want to talk about BDS too, or do you have somebody else? Yeah, yeah, no, no, of course I'll talk about BDS. I, yeah, like, I thought so. But... <laughs> I'm to pick up material. I'm gonna talk about that. Go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, so I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I mean, so like in a vacuum, Vatira is a better player than Mark Bae, right? Yep. He can do more things. He's, I think he's just straight up a better player. So in that lens, it's an obvious positive. But when you look at BDS, they're really, really good on defense. You know, everyone, talk about, everyone talks about offense a lot of the time, but their defense is awesome. And the reason why their defense is so awesome is because teams don't get the ball that much against them. Because Mark Bae challenges everything. The second that the opponents get the ball, Mark Bae is in your face. And if you're not ready to make a move immediately, they're getting the ball right back. So Mark Bay, hey, he's he's not the reason. They're all the reason why the defense is good. But him doing that is huge because they have like a defensive system. I mean, I'm not going to call it a system because everything's fluid in Rocket League. But yeah. the thing that they operate the best in is Mark Bay because Mon- Monkey Moon will have the ball a lot on offense, right? So he'll be up there on offense. And then if they lose possession, it's up to Mark to challenge immediately. Then it's up to Extra to shadow in case that doesn't work out and buy time for Monkey Moon to get back to the goal. So if you don't have Mark by eight doing that, I mean, I guess that leaves extra to challenge early, which I mean, to be fair, extra is a really good player. And I'm sure he's also one of the most adaptable players. So I think he'll be able to fit, fit into that role really, really easily. But, you know, if he doesn't, like if he does go in, then like who's going to be the next guy? Who's going to be the one playing the middleman? Because Monkey Moon's going to go on offense. Yeah. And Vatira did a very similar thing for Queso too. Yeah. Like he would drive a lot of the offense for the regionals and then go back. He had the most saves. I think he had like, Top three, top four in the entire region saves per game to split. Oh, I think that's so, what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like kind of similar too to what Monkey Moon does. So they're not going to be stepping on each other's toes because, you know, I have a lot of faith in these players. They're all really smart. They're going to figure it out. Yeah. They're not just going to do the exact same thing. It's like, no, you need to do that. No, they'll, they'll figure out a system that works. I'm just curious to see what that system is going to be because without Mark Baye, they're a completely different team. Yeah. Completely and, different team. And it's funny because, I mean, this team has been around for two years now, roughly. They've been, at least at the top, they were in RLRS, but they weren't what they were today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it already feels like they were a dynasty. You know what I mean? It already feels like like an era is passing, even though it's only been like a yeah. season and a half at this point since they've really started dominate, dominating. Yeah. So. They were completely robbed by the COVID era. They would have been Bro. world champions last season. They... They would they would probably be in the same era as Dignitas if oh, we had lands. No, for sure, because... Oh, yeah. Because the seasons are longer. So, I mean, yes, they were dominant technically for less seasons, but it was the same amount of time. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. it's just that the seasons were a lot shorter pre RLCS X. Um, I did hear a little bit kind of touching on the BDS stuff. I don't know how much of this went into their decision. Or, I mean, it's rumored at this point, so I don't want to confirm it, but it's pretty much confirmed that Mark's leaving. Um, I heard. Uh, part of it was because they wanted to speak speak in French. I know a lot of teams sometimes do that, and uh, they they actually call them in English because mm-hmm. they have Mark on the team. And supposedly they, uh, I think extras, somebody rumored or somebody kind of said that 
extra struggles to kind of communicate what he wants in English, which I mean, I can understand. So I don't know how much of a factor that was. But you see that a lot, I think, with especially with French players. These French teams just want to like band together. It's like a cult or something. I don't know, but it works out every <laughs> time. They're good. You they're they're amazing. No, like, yeah, do it, do it. But um, I can kind of see that if 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 they weren't able to com- communicate how they wanted to, why that might be a bit of a problem. Huh. Um, but again, I don't know how true that is, but it, it would kind of make sense a little bit. And that's a little bit of what I heard. Um, I want to discuss Mark to Guild now. So that was a rumor that I saw on Juked. I don't know if Shift had reported anything on it, but that was just about an hour or two. Shift put, yeah, Shift just put it out pretty recently. Oh, did I they? Think. Okay. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't really like to trust stuff unless it's Shift, so I, I wanted to make sure. But <laughs> crazy um, how far we've come, huh? I know. It's... When they first came out, it was like Shift. Who are they? Who cares what they're saying? Now they're oh, the... this is gonna happen. Oh, whatever. <laughs> now no, it's like thing. Shift can say it, it's not fixed. It's just, <laughs> absolutely true. So I have a question. So if Mark goes to Guild. Um, if Atiri goes to BDS, who wins in that trade the most? Do you think? Do you think it's equal? Do you think they both kind of can they both be equally happy with it? I guess if that's a not a great way to say it, but which team wins? Similar to with uh, Envy and G two when that trade happened, who do you think improves the most? I guess out of the I mean, two, I think you just got to say BDS because he's the better player, right? Yeah. I mean. And the better team, I don't, I don't, the better team as well. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Like I don't like to oversimplify stuff too often, but I think this is one of the cases where you have to, right? Yeah. Because the same issues that come in, or like issues, like I don't think it's going to be an issue, but like the same things that could be an issue with BDS and that playstyle could also be an issue with uh, Guild and Mark by Eight. Because, yeah. like I said before, Nali is like really, really. Or I don't think I said that on the stream, but Nali is really, really defensive, really far from the ball, really passive. Mark by Eight is the complete opposite. So Devo's going to have a lot on his plate trying to figure out how to do that because CRR is pretty much just like Mark by eight, except instead of like being aggressive on defense and challenging early, he's aggressive on the ball, looking yeah. to get goals. So Devo, he's probably going to be left out to dry a lot on defense. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm interested in seeing how that works out, but, you know, one yeah. for one, got to give the edge to BDS. Yeah, Drew, how about you? How do you, f- well, I'll let you answer that and then I'll have a follow-up question for you, Drew. How do you think, who do you think wins out of this trade? I don't know who really wins. I think I'm going to go with Buttery on this one, and that probably BDS, but I know who loses, and that's Queso. <laughs> Losing Batera, <laughs> oh, that's that's going to hurt. They'll they'll figure out something, but, man, that's going to hurt their play style. AJ put out a tweet, and, I, and I, you know, it's this isn't even a rumor. It's just AJ tweeting something. He said, if RG goes to Queso, then NA should just... Or something I like heard that. that. I did hear that. I saw that tweet. Yeah, let me tell you something. If Archie goes to Team Queso, I might never Dumb watch Rock League again. I'm just, gonna, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna watch the VOD after they win the World Championship. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? The only thing, like, I, I'm not gonna be that guy who's like, well, actually, but I kind of am gonna be a little tiny, yeah. itsy, itsy <laughs> bit. The only hesitation I have with that is I know. I think, I don't know if it's just this past few months, but it seems like Archie's motivation has kind of been up and down a little bit, at least from his yeah. tweets. And I, I I don't know how much to take into that, but that would be the only thing I would be a bit of hesitation, but I'd still take Archie if he was. Yeah, that always, that always happens when you start losing, though. That's like true. Archie, like top, top low slash Semper had never really been a losing team. Top three in RCSX, and they go to the uh, fall major and they get top four again, you know? 
And then they have their first bad split. So, of course, he's going to be down about it. But I would say that's a sign of, like, he wants to give up Rocket League or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just, no, yeah, I don't think it's, it's that big. It's tweeting through the pain. We've all been there, right? <laughs> we got to do it. That's It's therapy. Yeah. It's therapy. Um, but um, another one I wanted to talk about, big one. We're, we are huge Vitality guys here in, in not the right way. <laughs> Drew is he's not a fan of the current Vitality's uh, squad right now. So, Drew, do you want to start out with how you feel about Radosin potentially, most likely going to Vitality. How do you feel about that that roster change? Um, I don't think they dropped the right player. Uh-oh, I think no, he's gonna do it. Uh, no, I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna try to be nice. <laughs> but I think, I think Fairy Peak and Kadop are close to the same skill level. I feel like I, and personally, I feel like Fairy Peak's just a little bit better of a player. But Kadop has the clout, I, though. Yeah, he has the clout. I don't think he'll get dropped by Vitality for a while just because of his streaming presence and other things like that. Like you said, his clout. I think it'll help Vitality, but I don't know if it'll help a lot. I can see it helping a lot, but I just I don't know how they're going to work together. Butter? Um, I nodded my head so hard when you said I think they dropped the wrong player. Not necessarily because like I... like one for one agree with it, but I was before this transfer window happened, I kept telling people that I think that KDOP is the better player, but based off of who Vitality would pick up or who I would expect them to pick up, Fairy Peak is probably the one that should say it. Because KDOP, he's like the one that sits back and goal and scores a lot. He's like the goal scorer basically. He's yeah. always try, he's always been the goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And to be the goal scorer you need the ball. He's not as ball dominant as he used to be, but you know that happens when you have Alpha fifty four on your team. Yep. But at the same time, Fairy Peak, a lot of his work is done on defense. A lot of work is done in the midfield. And, you know, that's just kind of, he's not had a good season so far, but, you know, all you need is a change of pace or all you need is a change of scenery to switch that up. Like we saw from Gimmick. Yeah. Like with, with Gimmick going to Oxygen, I thought Gimmick was dead in the water. Like I'll admit that. I thought he was like not going to be good anymore. Goes to Oxygen, balls out. So just a change of scenery is something like Fairy Peak. I still believe he's going to be right there. Yeah. But yeah, I went on that tangent because with uh, Vitality, they always do like huge roster moves, right? Mm. Like, when they dropped Freaky back before season six or whatever, they pick up the biggest European rookie ever in Scrub Killer. Then the season after that, they drop Hashi and pick up the the biggest player, period, in KDOT. Like, whenever Vitality makes a roster move, they make a splash. So I was expecting them to do something like that, too. I was like, okay, they're going to pick up a Seiko. They're going to pick up a Vatira. Maybe try to grab a Monkey Moon or something like that. They're going to swing for the fences. And, like, if you make a move like that, then I think you, for the playstyle, you got to have Fairy Peak over KDOT because Fairy Peak won't need the ball. It'll be Alpha plus whoever and mm. Fairy Peak supporting them. Mm. But if you pick up Radosin, Radosin, he's a really, really good player, right? You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, Radosin, he's trash. They're going to be worse. He's he's awesome. I love Radosin. But I don't think he's, like, the player that you build around in the same way that you would for one of those other players. So I'm completely fine with keeping Kate out. Yeah. On. I feel like this move is, like, the treading water move for Vitality. Yeah. I feel like they're going to make a bigger splash. I think they they got hurt the most by Zen getting banned because I think that they are like putting all their hope. Well, I hadn't even I thought know, about that. Actually, but yeah, I think that they definitely would have gotten Zen had he not been banned. So now they're... I, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to go now, but I don't know if they like try to keep on to K-Dop until Zen becomes available or if they just completely forget about Zen or what the plan is now. But I'm, I'm a bit surprised because I know they... Vitality said they will keep Fairy if they don't think they can get anybody substantially better. Is paraphrasing a little bit, but that's why I'm a bit surprised about Rodosin because I will be the first one to say I have not seen a ton of him. Um, 
But like you said, Buttery, I mean, when Vitality makes a move, it is few and far between, and it's a big deal. You know what I mean? It was Alpha, it was Scrub Killer, stuff like that. So you don't look at Radosin as that player who's like, oh, yeah, that's who Vitality would pick up if they were going to drop exactly. Kidop or Fairy. So it's a bit surprising, but I trust them because it is Vitality, and they are who they are. So I will definitely give it give it a shot. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to be worse. But I don't know how much they gain from it, me personally. We're forgetting about the biggest roster move that Vitality made this split. Picking up Farah as their coach. Oh, of course. That's such a big deal. That is yeah. such a big deal. That's oh, my correct. God. I love that so much for them. I, that I'm is happy huge. for Farah more than I am for Vitality, to be honest. Yeah. Because I, Farah deserves it. Like, he really does. Yeah. He's been a grinder. He was, he was always going to be fine, like, honestly. Even if he's not playing anymore. The, the one thing people always said about Farah, even in his playing career, was how smart he was and how well he understood the game. And how well I strategized. Yeah. So he was always destined to be a coach. It was just the time I got pushed up a little bit sooner than I'm sure he would have liked. But yeah, he that's huge for Vitality. I like that way more than Rudosin. No yeah. offense to Rudosin. No, if you no, watch that's this. fair. I didn't even think about that to add that. But no, I'm super happy for him, for Farah. Um, <laughs> I think how he w went out was kind of rough. So it's kind of nice that he gets to not go out with yeah. that. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, for sure. The, the last roster change I want to bring up that. Me personally, you guys, if you have any that I'm missing, go ahead. But uh, Chassette to Carmine Corp is rumored. Thoughts on that, either of you? Mid, honestly. Mid? <laughs> okay. Mid. It's, it's, I mean, like, Chassette, he's a good player. All The, the French connection. If they were going to take a player from Semper, they should have taken Cassio. Yep. I'm so high on Cassio. And I feel like he has never gotten enough love. Like, even back with Triple Trouble and Veloce, two teams yes. that no one would have ever expected to do anything. They both make it to the world championship, and Cassio's like front and center of everything they're doing. Like, Cassio is massive. He's like, he's so underrated. And if they had picked him up, I'd be sitting there talking crazy about Carmen Court. See him at the spring major, they're going to make up the points to make the world championship. <laughs> then win the whole thing. But, like, you know, I'll be up here sounding like Bates, honestly. But oh, as, since, they picked up Chalset, since they picked up Chalset, it's just like, cool. All right. So you're so you're yeah. just kind of lukewarm on it, like neither you don't hate it or love it, just kind of. Eh. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they get better or worse, you know. It's, yeah. The only thing that uh, I think the only way they get worse is if they just don't mesh, because I think they're similar players. But if they just don't mesh as a team for the whole split, it could be yeah. trouble. Um, exactly. Speaking ahead. of not meshing, I was gonna do a Doctor Buttery video on Carmine Corp. I mentioned that at the end of the last one. Yep. But now that they made a roster change, I'm probably gonna switch that up. I'll just address them in my roster moves video. But one thing about Astro and Itachi is that they're like they're both like very, very good passers. But that involves them being very, very ball dominant. And they like I think I don't think any team leaves the net wide open on defense more than Carmine Corp. Because you got me there, man. Seriously. Yeah, the stats the stats are I think Itachi and Astro are the top two players in average distance of the ball, like in the entire region. Like they're number one and number two. So they're both on the ball constantly. Yep. So, like, if they're both on the ball, and then Stake, he's, like, trying to support. Because if Astro and Itachi are, like, both near the ball, they can't, like, pass to each other very effectively. Mm. So, Stake's there trying to be an option. Mm. And then, you know, they get it clear, and that's wide open. They just watch the ball and fly into the net. So, at that point. But, you know, and Sawset doesn't fix that issue. No, which I... Which is another thing. I... Yeah, I... Carmine Corp is an interesting one. And one that me and Drew have, have kind of picked at a few times 
and I don't know exactly what's up with him. Do you have an idea of what's up with him? Because I know it's, I know obviously something isn't working because you have Astral, you have all these three players that are awesome, but um, I go back to mental sometimes, but I know Astral isn't like toxic. People think he's really toxic, but he's more hard on himself. So I don't think he's like, it's like a bluey problem, but I don't know. I don't know what the issue is because it seems like Astral teams sometimes underperform. So I don't know if you think that's a coincidence or not. Oh, that was directed to me. What's that? Oh, was that directed to me? Was that a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was my fault. No, you're good, um, you're but, yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't blame Ashland necessarily. I don't remember. I still haven't watched the clip, but I remember Prof, the coach for Pioneers. Yeah, yeah. He's like, did you see what Stumpy was saying about Astral? And apparently Stumpy was just going in on Astral for like three minutes, just during the game, just talking down on Astral and just saying like, he needs to step up, blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen the VOD, so I don't know how. Um, I don't know how harsh it is, yeah. but at the same time, I don't want to say that Astro has become a scapegoat, but I definitely think that he's not, the people are catching up with him mechanically. Like yeah. that was the thing I always say Astro apart. Like just, if he had the ball, the he'll do whatever yeah. you want and you can't stop him. But like now, and like he would compromise his position for the time and it wouldn't matter because he would just make the play anyways. But right. now people are catching up to him and he's not the only, like honestly, Joyo does a lot of things. Similar to what Astro did back when season nine and stuff. So yeah. like now it's just he's just another guy doing these crazy plays. He's still really really good, but he kind of needs to. Have, yeah. He still wants to be that top level player and lead a team to success, which I mean, you know, I'm sure he's capable of, but it's just a matter of if it happens. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I don't think Shawset's the guy who can help elevate him. I like Shawset just because he's a goofy guy, but I don't think he's who he was a couple years ago. I love oh, yeah, seeing, no. I love seeing him at major though I I was super I was rooting for him but um, I Shots, agree. Shots doesn't get enough credit for like pioneering the Fennec. for sure because, I we forget that we really do yeah like at Dreamhack Leipzig which was it twenty nineteen like, or whatever he just, yeah. he just comes in with this square car and everyone's like okay whatever that's weird and then he just absolutely goes crazy and then all of a sudden everyone's a Fennec man you know I'm still using my good old Mantis but you know that's that's, <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> Bro, I uh, I my my biggest slump in my Rocket League, uh, ranked career was in Phoenix. So like, there's just some Justin <laughs> placebo with that stuff where I just cannot touch it most of the time. Yeah, um, there's always that card that you just stay away from. Yeah. You lose too many games, you just like it's bad only. Yeah, I'm an octane guy right now. I'm just staying to the 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 tryhard car. Um, yeah. but no, uh, yeah, super super interesting roster changes. I'm sure there's more that are gonna come on. I wish. To be honest, that the uh, trade window was a bit sooner, so that we could kind of finalize these and and kind of do more theory crafting and on on how they'll perform. But for now, that's what we got. Um, yeah, they need to announce Archie getting picked up by Queso, and then the whole org getting picked up by Fnatic, and then you know, I bro, can do you know if happy. you know something, man, you gotta tell me. I don't know. No, no, that's 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 complete, complete, just pulling okay, stuff I'm out of my butt. Guessing. <laughs> um, no, I I love it. Uh, like a new org that hasn't been in Rocket League to pick them up just for more recognition. I always love that. Uh, but okay, so man, we went through a lot. We're at just about an hour, so we'll start kind of closing things down a little bit. But Drew, do you want to do the speed flip round real quick with him? We did not tell you about this. So speed flip round, really easy. It's nothing like too pressure. It's basically just we have rapid fire questions and you answer them in a few sentences or sentences or less. They could, they're related to rock league sometimes, sometimes not. So just really easy stuff, but we just like to do it with our guests just to kind of get their opinions right. on stuff. So 
Drew, if you have the, kind of long winded, so I'll try to keep it short. But we'll you're see good. How it goes. No, bro, just do. <laughs> you're good, man. Just whatever you can do. All right. All right. Good. Here's the first one. It's what's your favorite game outside of Rocket League? Ooh, if you asked me that question like two years ago, I would have said Overwatch. Overwatch. I was. I tell everybody that all the time. If I started this channel a little bit earlier, I would have been. A really. YouTuber. I love Overwatch. I used to love Overwatch so much. Not then they went anymore? into. The, yeah, when they went into the 2-2-2 two, 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 and they just made a bunch of really bad balancing decisions, and I was like, all right. Because, like, the thing I drew with the Rocket League is, like, you know, no balance changes. Yeah. Same game every time. And there's no hacking, really. Not really, so. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What about, oh, but now? I play a lot of single-player games, honestly. I just finished God of War, so I'll say that now. Nice. But, you know, next time, whenever Uncharted comes out, I'm going to play that, so that'll probably be second. Nice. All right, here's the next one. What was your first gaming console? PS1. Oh. Way back in the day. Crash Bandicoot, that's my boy. Oh, I have not played one of those games in so long. I actually bought the new Crash Bandicoot. I was like, oh yeah, nostalgia. I played it for 30 minutes. So I was like, man, this is boring. Is, back so, <laughs> is it a new one or is it just remastered? It's, yeah, just the remasters. Oh, okay. You know, like it's fun for a kid, but you know, I'm, I'm a grown man now. I played it. I was like, yeah, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> but it was good for the nostalgia. Nice. All right, here's the next one. What is your current favorite TV show? I don't, I don't really watch TV. Me neither, like man. Me neither. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, like, my only form of entertainment outside of video games is, like, I... Okay. And my favorite manga right now has got to be One Piece. I mean, I'm just yes. a One Piece guy. There you go, Oh, man. my goodness. Yeah, One Piece. I, my uh, my brother is about... on. He's, like, on episode, like, 800. So he's he's on the grind right now for the One Piece TV show. So <laughs> oh, he's yeah. there. Yeah, 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 One Piece. It's long. Like, I don't recommend it to people anymore just because it's, it's too hard to get into, but... Like, if you're willing to make that investment, it's worth it. All right. Interesting. All right, Drew. All right. The next one is, what are some hobbies outside of gaming? Uh, yeah. Music, really. That's my main thing. I do. Really? Like, as I said before, I play organ for my church, so nice. I do a lot of do a lot of that. I, uh, you can kind of see the outline of a guitar back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, and uh, play trumpet in high school. I'm just, I'm a musical guy, so a lot of music. How long have you been, so just throughout your life, you've been doing music, or is it? Pretty much. Started piano lessons when I was five years old, and then I kept that up until I was like 10. But then our mom, me and my brothers, she said that if you stop piano lessons, you need to play somewhere else. Right. So that's when my brother started playing in the church. I started playing with the jazz band at the school. So it kind of cultivated through there. And yeah. Nice. Music guy. Very cool. All right. Here's the next one. This one Owen has been asking everyone. <laughs> Just had to add in here. <laughs> Are there more doors or wheels in the world? Doors. Gotta be doors. Okay, doors. give me your reasoning. I don't want to leave it right there. <laughs> Tell me why. I, how many? All right. So like cars. Like my car has four doors and four wheels. My house has a lot of doors. Yeah, but no okay. Wheels. Think about this though. Think about it like a factory. Like the wheels on the like conveyor belts and stuff. Would you count those? I need to open my eyes now. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow, that opened my I mean, eyes too because I was oh, on the. Wow, there are a lot of factories too. I huh? was on the doors gang wow. for a long time. I mean, even like wheelbarrows and stuff. Oh my god! Next question. I'm okay. To, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> that, that's fair. Oh my goodness. Uh, next one: chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate every time. No chocolate. chocolate. How, what about twist? What about twist? Oh, we're only talking about ice cream. Well. Not necessarily. I thought of ice cream originally, but let's say like, let's let's say yeah, ice I mean, cream. For ice cream, I'd do vanilla, but literally anything else gotta be chocolate. Hmm. Like, I would, right. like if you would rat, if I'd rather have vanilla taken out of my life or chocolate taken out of my life, 
I'm picking vanilla. What about white chocolate? I don't like white chocolate. It's not mm. it's, it's, okay. it's not as good. Hold okay. on, mate. Go ahead, Drew. All right. Next up. Are you <laughs> Marvel or DC? This is a big one. The DC movies are so bad. I They're... love the characters. I love the characters in DC, but golly, like the entertainment value for like like the most important presentation in the general public for DC is so it's so bad. bad right now. They're trying to catch like up with Marvel too. Like they're trying to right, speed like through they're, everything. They're doing their best. They've had like five different Batmans in like the past three months. Or I know. Like it, it's just not working out. Like if I don't read comics like that, I don't read. Well, I read Japanese comics, but if if I read American comics, I'd probably say DC. Just I like their stuff so much more, like their stories and stuff. But you got to go with Marvel. Like I mean, they won. Yeah. That's all there is. They won. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say about that? Did you see the new Batman movie? I did. It was really good. It was very like, good. I was surprised. I'm excited yeah, for the next one. Like that's the thing. Like the Dark Knight is a really, really good movie, but it's not like a really good Batman movie. Like that wasn't the best portrayal of Batman. Yeah. Because like Batman, he's like really motivated to do his job because like that's what drives him. But like in those movies, it's like he's always like looking for a way out. It's like, oh, I got to stop being Batman. I don't want to be Batman. It's like, no, that's not. That's not how Batman. I like is. The, and I like the detective aspect of it too. Like kind of, that's how it should be. It's so fun. It's really interesting. Right. So I like that. And don't even get me started on the end of uh, the movie with Bane. Say, you should go by your real name, Robin. Oh, no. Get no. It out of here, man. No <laughs> way he did it. Oh, dude, I was like, you guys are ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> Amazing. Go ahead, Drew. Let's, let's move right. on before we go, go on too long. Here's the last one. What is your dream content collaboration? Man, see, that is like really, really, really hard for me to figure out. Because, you know, people, like, they ask me, they're like, hey, buddy, let's get collab on some content. And I'm like, all right, what should we do? And, like, they just don't have an idea. Because, and, like, I don't have an idea either because, like, the main thing is I am. So, I mean, like, I feel like I have enough personality to just do, like, gameplay and, like, make it funny right. and make it engaging or whatever. But that's not the stuff I want to make because there's hundreds of people doing it. So, like, how can I bring in somebody else into my videos in a meaningful way? I like, think- I mean, I guess the main thing that I would do like the I like it's kind of like an idea. Like honestly, I hadn't even really thought about it until just now. But like taking a team of like content creators, like random ranked players, having them play like five ranked games in three v three, then looking at their ball chasing stats, and then I like try to make the best team out of that, and just like show oh. how can analytics help people improve as a player. Like how can you right. how can analytics help you improve instead of just looking at analytics for the pro team and like seeing how it can permeate the rest of the community. Doing something like that. But I need a lot of content creators and a lot of ranked players. But I mean, like that's an idea, I guess. I would love. I'm just saying, at some point, I would love. You know, I mean, Sunless. He was the first person who did like the RLCS, like big, like where a lot of people watch the RLCS content. He would do like you mm-hmm. know, what happened season eight, the roster changes, all that stuff. That would be a right. cool collaboration at some point. I would love. If you guys both did like an RLCS thing, I think that'd be really, really cool because yeah. he, can, he can give like the casual side of it and you can give the more in-depth stuff. That would be awesome. Be yeah. Cool. I mean, if Sunless reached out to me and said, Hey buddy, I don't work on a video with you. You'll find, you'll oh. find something to do. Like you'll do, yeah. something. you'll find an idea. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I also thought about imitating his voice when I did that little impersonation there. And then like, I immediately thought about, I was like, yeah, that would not work out well. That'd be, I, I'm kind of <laughs> here for it though, actually. I'm not, I'm not very good with impersonations. It, uh, it would have been embarrassing. You can, you can have time to practice. It's all right. Yeah. I'll bring up my voice acting career. Yeah. Bro, you're multifaceted. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I'm working on it. All right. So I think that's going to just about do it. That's 
it for the speed flip round. That's it for the episode. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It was awesome um, to have you yeah, on. Yeah, awesome to have your insight on things, on the major, on the Pioneers. I'm going to be still rooting for the Pioneers because they're my boys. So even yeah, though they're in OC, even, they're, oh, even though they're in OC now, time difference, I'm still still rooting for them. So right. I appreciate Kansas you. Kansas City roots, Kansas City at heart. That's right. I mean, the Chiefs, we got the Royals, everything. We're we're a winning we're a winning town, so I'm gonna for let, let let's hope that uh converts over into Rocket League too. So right. um you know if I drop a little plug real quick? Go go for it, yeah. Buttery hotness on YouTube. I finally got up to the point where if you search buttery hotness, I come up first. Let's go. Took a while for that to happen, <laughs> but I'm there now. Didn't realize there's so much buttery hotness in the world, but hey, I'm finally at, I'm finally you, at the top. Oh uh, man, follow me on Twitter at buttery hotness underscore, I yep. think. The underscore somewhere yep. there. I checked between right afterwards. Is that, okay. Um, follow me on Twitch too. I don't stream yet, but I'm probably going to at some point. So you know, be on top. You know, you can be on top of that when it starts. You know? nice. Yeah. I have a TikTok too. I don't really care about my TikTok. I hate TikTok. Bro, you, you could do like little shorts though. Like, no, that's what I do. I actually have more TikTok. I, I have more followers on TikTok than I do anything else. Really? I just, Is it like I just hate TikTok. Yeah, I literally just take clips of my YouTube videos. Okay. And just upload okay. It to TikTok. I'm I'm ignorant because I'm not on TikTok because I just. I, I used I to be on TikTok, be, but it's killing my attention span. Like it's it's I, shot, it's shot. I would not be on TikTok if I didn't have to be. Yeah. Like I have a TikTok account, and like people are always like, "Oh, you're supposed to be on TikTok. You should post more." Being posting more on TikTok involves being on TikTok more, yeah. and that's something I want to actively yeah. avoid. I mean, we have Drew over here. He just wants to be a TikTok dancer for life, so, but we try to hold him back sometimes. So, <laughs> what made it even worse for me is that when I was first on TikTok, I was like, "Oh," because you know I want to. Your followers and the first hundred people I followed was just like you know some kids play Rocket League. They post their clips with their little squeaky voice. <laughs> Daniel? So no, <laughs> not Dan. <laughs> I would follow Dan on TikTok, but it's just like some random kids hitting his first clip reset. But like now, the algorithm thinks that's all I want to see. So whenever I do go through my for you page, it's a bunch of stuff that I just don't want to watch. Just it. a bunch. When the algorithm oh, gets you, it's just rough. It's hard to come back from. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a good thing though because that kept me from getting hooked on. Because I know how easy it is to get stuck on a for you page for an hour. Oh, I've, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> so that's no. why I got off of it for that reason. I was like, I cannot keep doing this. I need to be more productive. Um, yeah, I feel bad for the kids because they don't have that self control. It's gonna be tough. Now, well, they've grown up with it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, they know nothing. Like, else. ADHD is gonna be so commonplace now because like literally on TikTok, you just watch something for ten seconds, onto the next thing. You're always being brought new things. So and now you're gonna look for that in life. So if there's something you need to pay attention to for more than thirty minutes impossible that is so true i was about to say that yeah it's not just going to be tiktok it's going to be movies it's going to be tv shows like these movies are going to be like 10 minutes long pretty soon we're going to have like matt damon hey, honestly, martian movies that are that. 10 minutes long after what after watching um after watching the batman it was like three hours i would You're not damn. mind shorter movies yeah <laughs> i would not mind shorter movies yeah well thank you so much man it was awesome thank you for plugging your stuff i almost forgot to have you do that so yes uh oh, go I'm follow always him you gotta I'm do it man chill, hey me. I respect the grind. So yeah, follow him on YouTube, follow him on Twitter, get see all his opinions, all his content. Great stuff. Really unique stuff. Not very many people are doing what he does, going into deep dives on Rocket League teams and players. So um are, do you have any videos coming out that you wanna also kind of shout out? Um keep that keep that on the down low. I got some videos. Okay. I got some stuff okay. cooking up in the kitchen so, right now. So, but... so just uh subscribe and hit the notification bell and you'll see it. Uh, Always hit that notification bell. Yeah, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Um, so thank you so much for, uh, coming on with us. I appreciate it. Would love to have you on 
some other time, maybe next major or whatever. So, um, yeah. good talking to you. Um, yeah, next week, nice next week we will, uh, have Bel Air on. He also does YouTube content. Um, I've really loved his stuff for a while now. He's been doing it for four or five months. Um, really cool stuff. And then after that, we're going to have the prof from the KCP pioneers on really excited for that. I've been meaning to talk to him for the so dream long. team. I love it. Lottery, Belair, and Prof. I know. Oh, it's the dream three roster. Three. They don't miss. Shooting threes right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we will do that uh, next few weeks. Next few weeks. Have a lot of stuff going on. Really exciting. And we will see you guys then. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Take care.